Hi, campers. My name is Kimmy, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan. What is up, guys? Welcome back to Alluring, our folklore podcast, where we tell you the history and stories of different legends and lore here with my from around Ryan. the world. And as we take a seat around our campfire, Ryan, do you want to tell me what you found alluring this week? Yeah, we have audio. (laughs) 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 So, um, yeah, so do you remember Tamagotchis? They were the little, (laughs) like, uh, I I think they were usually on keychains. It's been so long, honestly. But I, I had an... uh... My bless my elementary school teacher's heart because I had one that would constantly go off in class attached. Oh, no. to yeah, they were banned at my elementary school. <laughs> people would just get so distracted with them. But anyway, they made a mobile app version. Same same people from the original. It's amazing. I've pretty much played nonstop. Uh, you have to and but it never stops. Like. Oh. So you have to feed it, water it, um, bathe it, put it to bed on time. Like, it's a lot. And it's every two hours you have to, like, feed it and let it go to the bathroom. Or else oh. it goes to the bathroom everywhere and you, like, lose experience. And, man, <laughs> if, if you think I'm not waking up every two hours to feed my Tamagotchi, um, you're wrong. Because it is my child and I will protect it at all costs. Which one do you have? Oh, oh, oh we're, we're, we have video. Here we go. Yeah, can see I see. This adorable Which one, one do you have? I, I know it will take a minute because the lag I experienced. So you like, don't get to pick. You hatch an egg, and what? And as it grows up, what you feed it is like how it grows. So you never know what you're going to get. But it's a little sleepy right now because it's bedtime. But look at that. Look at that cutie. Well, what's the... It's going slow in mine. Just tell me what... Do you know his name? Um, It doesn't have a name. Well, actually, no, it does. Um, they have names. Yeah. One sec. It is... <sighs> Mura Chakichi. Mura? M-U-R-A Chakichi. Chakichi. That's visible... It's not showing up, but it's a cutie. Uh, yeah, no, and I have a bunch. Not. I have a couple different ones too. I got like a little like when it was a baby, it was like this black star. It was great, and I love it. I uh, <laughs> I'm like looking at the pictures right now. I like, used to like getting the little baby that had the like leaf this black star. head. Yeah, <laughs> that was I, my favorite. I highly recommend downloading it. It's a lot of fun, and once they become adults, like the goal is you get them to adulthood and you get them like a job. And then you get another egg, and you start from the beginning. Oh, my god! Yeah. It's a lot. Oh. Yeah, it's... I remember... Oh, I'm finally seeing the one you're, you're sending. There's a little bit of lag. Oh, wow. <laughs> but that is absolutely adorable. Is you yeah. I remember... I was awful when I had my Tamagotchi, because I would purposely... <laughs> kill my tamagotchi if it got to the kids stage and i thought it was ugly because i just liked the the constant carrying of a baby i don't think you're able to kill them in this one because it's it's not the 90s anymore right Um, but my my co-worker got an ugly one (laughs) Like, (laughs) like it was just a giant face that like was always smiling 
and the description mm. said like it's always smiling you never know if it's happy or sad I was like, oh my god it was no. a nightmare but anyway um enough about tamagotchi we were, we're already way into this episode um what did you find alluring this week Oh, gee. Well, I have been bitter because I lost my Apple Pen somewhere in this house. And I, my desk is messy right now because mm-hmm. I was working on stuff, but I'm very organized and it's been two weeks and I am fucking losing it. Yeah. Um, Those are elusive. I, I'm so upset. I'm like so mad. And Edgar's like, it's okay. We'll just like, you know what, if you can't find it. And I was like, that's not the point of it the point is it's in the house there's a brownie that has taken it hostage <laughs> and it mocks me and i am going mental trying to find it i'm like looking in every crack corner of this damn house mm-hmm. and i don't know so i took up cross stitching nice. <laughs> as, as an emotional cope because That's like fun. there's a fun theory like psychology theory um a therapist told me way back when I was in college and it's like think of the things that help you like emotionally go through things <laughs> as a wheel right well my wheel 90% of it was drawing that's how I cope with yeah. stuff and apparently it's not healthy to have <laughs> that much because if you can't do that you can kind of get sad and spiral <laughs> a little. so sense. I'm like Cause it was like 90% um, drawing and then the other 10% was like yoga workout. So now I'm trying to like buff up the circle. So now we have cross stitch in there. Maybe I'll throw painting in again. I just, I'm I'm bitter. Like it's good. It's it's cool you're learning new things though. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to find the Apple pencil in like the most obvious spot. It's going to be like behind your ear or something. I, I like, last night I was so desperate. I was like laying in bed and I was like, the brownie of the home, please, I need you to know you're doing a great job cleaning. Yeah. Like, I appreciate you. Just please give me my goddamn pen. You can take are you, are you, are you supposed to or not supposed to like leave them little treats? I was supposed to leave them treats. Yeah, maybe I need to leave out like a little piece of cake and milk. Yeah. I haven't because we, because like our neighbors mm. in like our like duplex kind of thingy, yeah. they got ants, which means we got ants. <laughs> and I'm very like, no ants in the house. Yeah, <laughs> so, you gotta love apartment living. <laughs> oh my God. It's fine. It's fine. So I am begging for the brownies' forgiveness and I am slowly cross stitching a jackalope to put on the back of a jean jacket. <laughs> So, Lauren, <laughs> mental Lauren. health is alluring. Jeez, <laughs> but um, you, hmm. you know. Now, how do I transition from cross stitching to today's uh, folklore? <laughs> I don't. I'm just gonna you know, hit that campfire button. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I was like, you know what's not in the wheel of mental happiness? The this week's folklore. We'll do it again. <laughs> All right. This is a okay. poem. I am Chupacabra. Goats are my thing. With a tree frog tongue. They go with anything. I'm three feet tall, but I'm built like a bear. 
better close your gates or I'll be there. Got horns on my back? Make no mistake. I ain't no porcupine. I ain't no snake. I ain't no alien. The rumors ain't true. Tell me, do I look gray to you? I move fast like a fawn, but before you know it, I am gone if we meet. Here's a hunch. Don't disturb me while I am having lunch. <laughs> As you may have guessed, what are we talking about this week, Kimmy? Boy. This week, we are going to be talking about a cryptid I hold dear to my heart because my mom would talk about it a lot growing up. <laughs> so, throughout the desert, you'll run into many wild creatures like coyotes, scorpions, rattlesnakes, and vultures. But these creatures should not be the last of your worries. And that's because there is a cryptid that lurks in the dark and is known for having a taste for blood. No, it's not human blood, but you may want to keep your house pets and farm animals nearby as we tell you about this campfire story. And if you look, <laughs> we have a little lovely image that I can't remember, so I'm going to pull it up so I can show. Ah, that's the one. So this week, we're going to be talking about the famous Chupacabra. This cryptid is known in many parts of Mexico, South America, and the Southwest United States. Its lore originates from many sightings during the mid-1990s in Puerto Rico, and the Chupacabra is more than a modern tale, which makes it feel that more frightening. And before we jump into too much of the uh, actual lore, let's uh, let's hear about some sightings. And some of these are uh, pretty dang recent. <laughs> I'll light so, my Jesus candle when yeah. I'm uncomfortable. Well, so our first sighting I'm going to discuss today is Madeline Tolentinos. I'm sorry if you're listening, Madeline, um, if I said your last name wrong. Uh, she was one of the first people to report her sighting of the Chupacabra. She spoke of seeing it through a window at her home in Canovan Canovanus in 1995. She described the creature with black eyes, reptilian skin, and a prominent spine down its back. She also said it hopped like a kangaroo and smelt like sulfur, which is concerning. <laughs> I never like the smell description. That makes it, like, too uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. She said how it was responsible for the animal attacks happening in the area and it would leave a haunting impression. Her description of the chupacabra led to one of the most famous drawings of the chupacabra. Ooh. Oh, that's here. this bad boy? I do oh. believe so. Mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't like that one. Yeah, it's got some real beady eyes. Um <laughs> So I just want to give a slight trigger warning before this next slide. Um, there are some dead animals. Um, so if you don't want to see that, just you know, minimize minimize YouTube for a minute. You can just cover that half yeah. too. Yeah. No, no judgment. Yeah. Not, no, not at all. all right. I didn't get a warning from Ryan when I was looking at it. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. So our second sighting um and one of the most famous took place in march of 1995 um so waking up to go to work on his farm a farmer sadly found eight sheep who were found dead and completely drained of blood thanks right here 
Local investigators dismissed it as an animal attack from a local predator like a fox, but there was something about the scene that made this feel like it was there was much more at hand. The bodies were not ripped or torn apart, they were completely intact, and the only damage on them was a puncture wound found on their chest. A wild animal attack, you know, you would expect an attack, not just some uh, fang marks. Yeah. Um, so the results of the sighting made the script to become so popular, everyone was discussing it. This was partially because paranormal researcher Mark Davenport, a video producer and video producer Joe Palermo, were in Puerto Rico at the time of the attack filming a documentary. These two sta- started discussing the animal's death and how peculiar it, peculiar it was. Uh, this leads to everyone wondering when the next attack would be, whose livestock are in danger, and why is this happening? So it's pretty pretty nasty (laughs) like this whole yeah no i just absolutely hate this one i'm just like just keep going just just like so (laughs) the day after then day after day local radio shows and even television shows were discussing the chupacabra activity going on it seemed every morning another farm found some of their own livestock dead drained of blood and completely intact with nothing but puncture marks on them there was over 30 citizens that even claimed to have seen the chupacabra firsthand. They swore it swooped down from the sky and used kangaroo-like legs to jump over trees. So not fly, it just really, it could really jump. Nope, nope, nope. That, that is unacceptable. Listen, <laughs> no one should be able to jump like that. It's like, that, that reminds me of spiders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like ooh, ooh, that spiders. made it worse. That made it yeah. worse in my head. Ah! Just imagine a giant spider with kangaroo Stop. legs. And they Stop! No, I made it worse. I should not have said that. <laughs> that was a mistake on my part. Okay, just keep going. I'll just shake it up. So, five months later, <sighs> another recorded event of the chupacabra happened. But what makes this one such a big deal is the amount of bloodshed that followed. It seemed that these creatures were just attacking about four livestock at a time. Um, more or less, that was until August of 1995. In in the town of Canovanus, which I'm definitely butchered, uh, farmers awoke to a horrifying scene. Goats, horses, cows, turkeys, rabbits, cats, dogs, all dead. There as many as 150 farm animals and pets killed that night. And just like the eight sheep incident, they were all completely intact, drained of blood, and the only puncture mark left behind was on their chest. Local veterinarians that were part of all these case studies all said the same thing. The cause of death was due to the puncture wound under the right side of the animal's chest. The wounds were also about a diameter of three to four inches like a drinking straw. Mm, Nah, too deep. That's too deep. No, I... mm, Gross. (laughs) I, I like read about chupacabras forever ago, like the sightings. Yeah. And I've definitely tuned this out, and I remember why. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. now on to some of the more modern sightings that can oh, be found God. in Stephen Wagner's On the Trail of the Chupacabras. Uh, here are four of them, um, but they're a big two-part series. If you want to read more. 
Um, in November of 1996, a Mexican rancher near San Antonio, Texas, claimed to have captured the chupacabra with a coyote trap. Um, he even said he had a photograph to produce it. Um, the story and photos used to be online and have since become unavailable, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to post them and get our video deleted again. Um, <laughs> the rancher Boo. had set the traps to capture whatever was killing his goats, chickens, and donkey when he caught what he caught was something he could not even recognize. Allegedly, the body of the strange, strange creature was taken to a major Texas university for identification, although this cannot be verified. So there may be a chupacabra in the university. Mm, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. Wow, I really there don't. Is. I don't like any do of this. I don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like with anything regarding like cryptids or unknown or unworldly things yeah. if we like just accept it right off the bat we're very dismissive does that yeah. make sense like yeah great example fox news if... is like oh look at these ufos and we were all like eh, normal yeah, tuesday yeah. right yeah. <laughs> you know well that was different that was 2020 like, that was <laughs> fair there's something new every day i know i was i was watching that so that yeah. tells you all you need to <laughs> Okay, <laughs> next, next so, modern day. A year story. later, November 1997, Chupacabra was back in its original stomping ground where it killed two goats, bled another dry, and made off with a small child. Mm -hmm. Excuse me? Mm -hmm. um, in a small farm in Puerto Rico. Investigators believe that the attack took place around 2 a.m. Um, the farmhand had heard a fluttering of wings and saw frightened horses and cows running away as if they were being pursued by the devil himself. <laughs> um, did they carry the child off? Because... Um, it was not seen. The child just went missing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. But well, that's what, that's that's what it sounds better. like to me, which is weird because all the other things he just like eats them. So why did he kidnap a child in 1997? Right, yeah, that's what I was like. You I feel like me. there's a slight disconnect with yeah. it. Okay, okay. Well, that's a better visual than <laughs> like carrying him off, you know? So, same year, same month, proving Chupacabra can, in fact, fly. November 12th, 1997, Perth, Australia, which is pretty far from Puerto Rico, if you're not familiar. Uh, two friends investigating what sounded like the squealing of a wild pig encountered a creature with large, piercing red eyes, a body covered with stringy, matted hair, large teeth, and a distinctive sulfur odor, once again. It was about three feet high, ran on all fours, and when it stood up, because, you know, Chupacabra doesn't care about two legs, it was about five feet. Um, oh. <laughs> and the same description, legs of a kangaroo. And they claim once they saw it, it leapt straight up into the air, disappeared. No, no. Carrying, no. carrying an animal. Mm, nope. I'll say. Nope, this isn't basketball. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see that. If it's not going in a hoop, do not jump that high. <laughs> <laughs> so Ooh. now we're hitting a little close to home here. Uh, oh, Southern California, great. 1997. A creature matching the description of the goat sucker attacked another pig. 
Uh, this is a quote. I encountered something trying to get my pig that was unbelievable, said the farm owner. When I came around the corner, it stopped and looked up at me. My dog <laughs> seemed to be afraid, and that's when it disappeared into the bushes. <laughs> so those okay. are those are some uh, local sightings. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is I feel crazy, but I remember distinctly reading like an interactive book when I was young called like Can You Capture a Chupacabra? And I found the cover of it, but like all of my friends are like, no, like that's not a normal thing for children to have been reading. So if anybody here read that book, let me know so that I know I'm not alone. And it was like one of those, like, what would you do? Skip to page like 400 if you do this, you know, it wasn't 400 pages, but. That sounds amazing. I wanted yeah, I and it was do like, that like on a Sunday. With, like, it was a like a major coffee. part of my childhood and none of my friends were like, no, like we didn't read books about Chupacabra. And I felt like it was a big deal. Um, no, that's listen <laughs> yeah no i i want to first off i want to read that book yeah. and second off like i don't know everyone has different childhoods <laughs> yeah but like there were there were friends i've known for a long time like we had the same childhood and they're like no like we weren't reading those books like you were there yeah they're like it's you just you <laughs> yeah um oh but anyway just no, like those that. books um we're going to turn the page to a oh. quick uh, commercial break before we come back and learn more about the Chupacabra. So uh, stick around. See you in about 30 seconds. Performing a Bloody Mary ritual is surprisingly easy, but designing without any design experience isn't. Well, that's until Canva. Whether you are presenting, downloading, scheduling, sharing via social media, or printing, Canva is here to help your work make an impact in the real world and take your marketing material to the next level. I work as a professional graphic designer and I was honestly blown away by all the tools and resources Canva has. When they say they have a template for everything, they mean it. From party invitations, social media posts, flyers, and office templates, they have it all. With thousands of professional templates, images, and quality content, I've been able to not only get a head start on my projects, but also bring my best work to life easily and quickly. And the best part about Canva is you don't have to be a designer to use it. You can easily edit the templates they have available, or you can hire one of their designers to help you out. And if you already have a designer on your team, you can invite them to work on the project as well. With Canva Pro, your whole team can make real-time changes, provide feedback, and quickly approve projects. Plus, as a designer, you can upload brand assets like fonts, brand colors, and images so all the design resources are in one place. Plus, our listeners who sign up get a free 30-day free trial of Canva Pro. So what are you waiting for? Upgrade your marketing today by going to partner.canva.com slash or go to our website, alluring.com sponsors and click on our Canva banner. Again, that's partner.canva.com slash or go to our website, alluring.com sponsors and click on our Canva banner to start designing today. Oh, hey, we're back. 
Hello, everyone. Oh my goodness, we're back. I was watching the ad because I wanted to hear the voiceover. No. Right? <laughs> it's fine. We'll see it after. I, I tried my best to sound what I think southern, um, southern like not so monstery uh, Mothman would sound like if he was a camp counselor. I did my best. So if you're listening to the audio episode, it's going to be a little different than our video episode, but our video episode's cute because then you can see the mm -hmm. stuff with it. Yeah, you're really missing so, out. Really missing out. Like, no, hate, no hate to you audio listeners, but like, what are you doing? Yeah. You guys may get the really polished version of the podcast, but you don't mm -hmm. see the struggle images we, yeah. <laughs> we put up with the show. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's learn about the Chupacabra, yeah? Yeah. We well, welcome back campers hope you enjoyed that little break <laughs> we are now going to talk about the appearance and history of the chupacabra we... so first off if you look this is a beautiful picture of the bottle chupacabra from this month that i drew painfully but i'm very proud of it so this is me bragging about it <laughs> which i'm going to do more of hope you're ready <laughs> so the legend of the mysterious bloodsucker quickly grew popularity in Mexico, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Southwest around the mid-1990s with a sudden boom of over 2,000 sightings reported. Since the lore of the Chupacabra is fairly modern, there isn't a lot of history about them, though they have been sighted in places around the world such as China, the Philippines, Russia, and major sightings of them do stem from Puerto Rico and Mexico which results in a ton of Latin American lore focused around the chupacabra. So the name of this creature derives from the Spanish word chupa, chupra, to suck, and cabra, goat, which I probably butchered, but it's to fine. To suck the goat, uh, to suck the goat which sense. translates to goat sucker. Chupacabra. Yes. It all, all the dots <laughs> connect. The meme of Charlie from Always Sunny. <laughs> So, you guessed it. Well, I don't know why I said you guessed it, because I missed a sentence. <laughs> Could you guess what the chupacabra snack of choice is? <laughs> um, I'm going to guess hmm, small children. Yeah, don't take your time. <laughs> I feel like you really got this. Mm. Just The chupacabra well, was translated so, to goat sucker. Yeah. So, baby goats are called kids. Oh, so, okay, so, okay. Well, oh, wait, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe it good. wasn't a child that got. Wait, <laughs> I'm I'm starting to think that maybe it wasn't a human. Let me confirm that baby goat name. I think you're yeah, citing a baby goat's called a kid. Goat. Okay, so we might we. It's a fifty-fifty. <laughs> The chupacabra may have kidnapped a child, or it may have kidnapped a small goat. Um, that makes a lot more sense. I'm done. I, I was like, why it. in this one instance only did it kidnap a child? <laughs> makes sense. I was, I was like, in all the legends my mother told me growing up, it was never, yeah, never, never for kids. It was to bring your pets inside. It was totally talking about a baby goat. That makes me feel a lot better. Oh and I, oh I think I'm going to change my alluring oh alignment my chart just a hair. Wow. <laughs> I, I teared up a little. Oh, my God. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> we all learned something today. Oh God, I love I love miscommunications through <laughs> translations. They're this, the they're yeah, the best. This is why I don't read your notes ahead of time, <laughs> so that when <laughs> when all of a sudden my stories make sense, it's it's a lot of fun. Oh gosh. God, I even snorted. Wow. Okay, that was great. Ooh, okay. So the goat. So Suggs, Suggs goat or, mm -hmm. or kids. <laughs> so we... All right, so moving Ooh. on from that so... Okay. Da, 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 da. I'm serious now. I don't think we can title now. the episode, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying so hard to get Austin. I'm trying so hard, everyone. Oh my god, okay. Oh, the Chupacabra has drawn many comparison to vampires because of its blood-sucking nature. Oh, but this mysterious creature has even been described to be the southern equivalent of Sasquatch. And that's it's that's more like in the stretch. sense of like popularity, oh, I think, okay. as a cryptid than okay. like how they act and how they look so well, it's like on, are we, if we're talking about the bigfoot from the video game that we played <laughs> in liquor and lore they're about the same uh, i don't know I... if that'll be out when this episode no, no definitely not but <laughs> if you're a patron you know what we're talking about you'll see it you'll well, see us struggle with that bigfoot game oh okay so now to the characteristics so the chupacabra has been described in many different forms. Um, the reason for these different forms has a lot to do with poor translation, like we have just experienced. <laughs> Multiple <laughs> people telling the legend orally and a result of the press meddling. So I'll describe two of the more popular ones and then there's a third one and I'll kind of go into why that one's a big deal, I guess. But it's not. It's like lower big deal. Like third place at the Olympics. Like big deal, but still not quite there. So the typical appearance of this creature is mostly in line with a reptile-like alien cryptid. It also has been described to have a monkey-like appearance without the tail. So it's a heavy creature that resembles the size of a small bear standing at about three to four feet. It has a row of spines reaching from the neck to the base of the tail, but this one doesn't have a tail. So like, it, it goes down like a dinosaur, but gotcha. no tail. So I don't know why I said it like that, but I did. Um, and it has spiked quills to follow. So it goes like, mm. kind of like a mermaid at the end. Um, it will hop around as it walks with hind legs that resemble a kangaroo. This creature also appears to have a pair of leathery wings and leather skin with a gray oval head and it has large red eyes, fangs, and forked tongue. So an absolute nightmare, but because it like hops around, it's like kind of cute, like kind of helpless, you know? You're like, oh, kind of thing. Oh. <laughs> Probably not the reaction I would have had, but yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it's like in comparison. Yeah, comparatively, <laughs> like, for sure, for sure. It's like, how cute, you know? So yeah. like... <laughs> Um, so the next one is resembles a dog. So later sightings from the U.S. and Mexico have described it as a strange, hairless-looking dog with a protrude spinal region. It also has a long tail with leathery wings that rest against the spinal cord and gray skin that and it appears to be four to five feet tall. 
Um, some people have referred to this version as the blue dog instead of the chupacabra, especially in a lot more of the southeast U.S. lore versus Mexico. Yeah. Um, it has bulging eye socket. Has bulging eye sockets with oval eyes that will sometimes emit a red glow. Has piercing fangs, a snake-like tongue with claws. And some have claimed that this breed might be an example of a dog-like reptile. It also has bat ears, a long skinny tail, and ribs that you can see through its body. The prince of this creature is unidentified three-toe track, and whenever this creature walks, um, a sulfur smell will follow it. So, again, that sulfur smell, I just... Yeah. Don't... It's a demon. Don't like that at all. <laughs> Sorry, I needed a drink of water. I'm getting parched. Alright, then the last description isn't as common, but I'll still talk about it. So there's a reptile so it's a reptile-like creature with scaly greenish gray skin, has a sharp spine, like cartoony, like and quills running down its back and a pair of leathery wings. This one's about three to four feet tall and hops like a kangaroo as well. This one originates from early Puerto Rican reports and is known to have a dog or panther-like nose, a forked tongue with large fangs, and it hisses and screeches when alarmed. Um, like the others, also gives off a sulfur smell. And reports all say it has red glowing eyes. If you smell it, you start to feel nauseous. Or if you see it, you can start feeling a little sick to your stomach. Which I don't like. That's just because it looks so nasty. Yeah, that's what I think. It's just like, it just like mentally messes with you for a minute. And you're just like, ooh. You know, you get like a little queasy wheezy. That makes sense. And then, even though they are all different descriptions of the Chupacabra, they're very similar. So all of them appear as hairless creatures with weird protruding spines in one way or another. They all have fangs. They all have a snake-like tongue. And... I think they all look very similar to a bat. So the last one almost sounds like alienish. Yeah, the the first sighting, like the first possible origin, relates most to an extraterrestrial, yeah. which I'll get more into. But yeah, the the last one's more alien. Third, second one's more of a dog, and the first one's more like a monkey thing. Yeah. But vampire monkeys. Confirmed. Vampire monkeys, the next great horror movie of the summer. <laughs> they could put sharks on a plane, no snakes on a plane. Snakes on a plane and sharks in a tornado. Yeah, the then soon is vampire monkeys and are... monkeys. Yeah. Uh, I'll watch it be out on a movie already. <laughs> so. The next thing I'll talk about is what it eats. So we don't know much about the chupacabra's behavior, but we do know it has a thirst. Thirst for blood. So its diet consists consists of the blood of goats, chickens, cats, dogs, and other farm animals. Kids. And kids. (laughs) And kids. (laughs) Oh, I just... Bringing it back mentally. (laughs) When they feast on their prey, they typically puncture three holes in the shape of an upside-down triangle, or it will be just too like a classic vampire, and they suck their blood, and they'll make 
an odd noise as they feast. I don't know what this noise is. I don't care to know what this noise is. Mm. Yeah, let's, that made me uncomfortable. So let's say that's the one. Oh, I, I hate mouth sounds. I even hate drinking water on the podcast. I'm like, yeah. turn down the mic for me, please. <laughs> okay. Now we know what he looks like or she or it. Now we know what they look like. So let me go into the history and events. So there are tons of sightings from the mid 1990s resulting in the different appearances of the chupacabra we know to this very day. But it is believed that there was one event that started it all. So, So the phenomenon was known as February of 1975, a Puerto Rican legend tells of 15 cows, three goats, two geese, and a single pig that were found dead in Rocha Barrio suburbs of Mocha. Local police just dismissed it as a stray dog attack, but when a cow was found dead with the same markings drained of all of its blood, the local newspaper referred to the attacks as... <laughs> this story was the first connection to any type of chupacabra sighting and resulted in many farmers reporting their animals drained of blood. The legend seemed to die down for a bit, but with a sudden boom of sightings in around 1955, no, 1995, around 1995, okay. throughout Puerto Rico, locals blamed the chupacabra for more over a thousand mysterious animal deaths, all of them resulting in blood loss through one or more puncture wound. Locals were terrified. They felt unsafe. And they weren't sure how to deal with this vampire alien problem. Because <laughs> surprise, that's not in the Homeowner Association Guide. <laughs> Surprisingly, not in 1995. Definitely not. Maybe now. Maybe now. But where others saw fear in the unknown, one politician saw an opportunity to get his political campaign off the ground. <laughs> You want to click that next slide for me? Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, you're going to love this. In 1996, Mayor Jose Ramon Kimosot was up for re-election and decided the best way to show his support and how much he cared for his community was by protecting his people and farm animals by leading a chupacabra hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just let you process that for a second. Take your time. It's like when, he, when I was young, we used to go on a... You ever hear of snipe hunts? No. It's like... Well, um, any young listener, stop listening. Um, a snipe <laughs> hunt is like... You like bring campers on a hunt to find this like mysterious creature that doesn't actually exist. But you make it like super elaborate, like you set up like fake, like it running into bags and stuff. It's just a fun thing. No, I remember doing that. I remember that when I went to like church girl camp. Yeah, yeah. It happens at a lot of camps. It's a lot of fun to like be the one who sets it up. Um, So this is just a very elaborate snipe hunt. Uh, This is, it's a political snipe hunt is what this is. All right, children, you can start listening again. If you're listening, bless your parents yeah. or your guardian yeah. or whoever is here with you. Whoa. Okay. So in October of 1995, he organized 200 people 
<laughs> including armed cops to help track down and catch this terrifying beast. Like many of the locals, he strongly believed the chupacabra was real. So he wasn't a doubter. He believed in the beast. And during the hunt, he carried around a large crucifix and dragged around a goat in a cage as bait. <laughs> I almost a, drew this as my a, artwork. A child goat? Yeah, it's a kid. A kid in a cage. In a cage as paint. Oh boy. <laughs> and he carried a cross, which I love so much. Oh boy. <laughs> Only, just when you think the Catholic Church isn't going to be in an episode, here we are. It found its way in. It snuck right in, just like everything else. <laughs> so the press dubbed him as Chemo Jones and thought the hunt, and though the hunt never resulted in any catch, he still won the election in the hearts good of his good people. Good for him. That's awesome. I, I love it. I like his little fit. Like he was, yeah. he was fucking ready. I'm run He's for like, mayor on, yeah, on the grounds of I'm gonna catch the chupacabra. <laughs> Could you imagine how fun that campaign I'm go would to be? Some rural town, <laughs> just take over. <laughs> You're like, we're we're snipe hunting. Yeah, we're, we're making it a bigger thing now. Yeah, this is, this is my we've whole been, campaign. We've been in inside too long because of I mean, the plague. He clearly, like, genuinely believed it. He he got yep. cops like armored cops he brought jesus into it you know yeah. you know he believed it yeah oh, good for him good for him oh i freaking love it so um this had the legend grow of course and it found its way actually into local news so as it grew so did the fear and the puerto rican government decided to then step in they wanted to protect their people livestock and of course they didn't want to have a negative impact on tourism so Professional biologists were hired to find the beast and see what was happening. After many tests, here are some of the more popular theories of what they believed the chupacabra to actually be. The first were bats driven by drought to seek new food sources. Second, wild dogs, because they look like wild dogs. <laughs> um, the third, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, Rhesus monkeys that escaped scientific testing. Vampire monkeys. Vampire monkeys. Oh, oh so there is a film about it. Wow, cool. Um, I didn't know what that <laughs> It's not a film. This is real life. There's oh. Vamp there's vampire monkeys. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, my well, God. Well, that's, that's bananas. That's terrifying. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. This has been, this has been the show. <laughs> Um. <laughs> Everyone's like, we can't listen today. They're on, they're on a different track. <laughs> oh, and then the fourth one is a spike in the mongoose population. So apparently mongoose are like fucking vicious. Yeah, they're mean. <laughs> Which I didn't know. They I just fight thought they snakes like for fun. What? Yeah. That's a whole I mean, other episode. Yeah, I was like, I need to get on some Discovery Channel yeah. tonight. <laughs> So, there are many different theories as to what the chupacabra actually is, but the most common one is connected to coyotes. So, if you want to go to that next slide. Oh, yeah. So, I just thought this was a pretty picture of a coyote, because, like, yeah, 
I get they're terrifying, but I don't know. I grew up in Arizona, so. There's a TikTok off the rail a little here of this guy <laughs> who, like, found a baby coyote and, like, brought it in his house. And now the coyote's, like, his homie. Like, the coyote doesn't, like, live in his house, like, because, you know, you shouldn't keep a coyote as a pet. But the coyote will just, like, come to his house and, like, hang out every once in a while. And it's pretty Aww. cool. It made me want a coyote, but I don't think it would work out. <laughs> I don't think it would work with Pablo. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with probably not on that one. <laughs> Pablo would be like, I am a city dog. What yeah. have you brought in? This, this ain't no lady and the tramp. Yeah. <laughs> well, so while hunting down the chupacabra, many scientists discovered that some were actually coyotes that had suffered from a very severe case of mange and a painfully fatal skin disease that can cause animals to lose all their hair and shrivel up. This part's gross. I want to tell Ryan about it because I had to read a bit. But if you don't like skin stuff, you may want to like skip 15 seconds. Trigger warning number two. Oh, okay. So, sar sarcope scabies, also known as scabies in human, is also common for this disturbing change for canines such as coyotes. So what happens this mite burrows under the skin of its host, secretes the eggs and waste material, and results in a triggered inflam inflammatory response for the immune system. Oh, I hate it. Blood vessels constrict, resulting in even more fatigue and exhaustion, which can explain the weird breathing sound the chupacabra makes. This isn't a life-threatening thing for humans, but in canines like coyotes, it can result in a sarcope Pitus infection. That's how I'm going to say it. That's because gross. of the yeah. So absolutely gross. It's kind of like <laughs> no, I'm not. Never mind. That will make you not sleep at night. <laughs> so because of this, many <laughs> scientists dismiss the chupacabra as nothing more than some type of canine dealing with scabies. But there's more to this creature, and many believe it's actually an extraterrestrial. Because listen. <laughs> It's time for the alien theory. So if you click on to this next slide, you'll see this image is more, it's a sketch of the more alien appearance of what it's believed to look like. Um, I believe this is the guy that really got into, he like wrote a book about the hunt for the chupacabra and stuff. I think I'm very tired, Yeah. but his, his source stuff's there so you can, you can do more digging. Again, we're just here for a good time, not an accurate one. Oh, so <laughs> one of the most popular explanations is that the chupacabra is actually an alien. Some believe that the extraterrestrial crash landed in a spaceship on Earth and was taken by, of course, the U.S. government for experimenting. Others believed it was a result of a top secret U.S. government genetic experiment that took place in the rainforest of Puerto Rico, which was supposed to result in some type of biological warfare program or just experimenting. So this would explain the alien appearance in many of the first sightings of the chupacabra. So that's kind of how it all connects, but whether it's a dog, a coyote, an alien, or a government experiment gone wrong, only those that have witnessed the chupacabra firsthand know what they saw, and they know it was a monster. This creature continues to be told by locals and warns them to bring their animals inside and keep close watch after dark. 
Though there are no records of the chupacabra attacking any person, yet yeah, it is Maybe. safe to see. <laughs> Baby a kid, we're like 50-50. Maybe a kid. So 50-50, but it is safe to say <laughs> avoiding it at all costs is the best course of action. And that's my history deep dive. Oh. That was I mean, a lot. That, that, I mean, that, that was cool, though. Um, I, I, I just wish I could be there in 1995 <laughs> with Mayor Soto on the hunt. Like, that just seems like... That's what we need in politics. Is more that could solve every problem. Snipe hunting, chupacabra hunting, chupacabra hunting. I think you're right because that gives you an opportunity to see them lead, Mm -hmm. right? See them control a group. Mm -hmm. See them know how to handle people that get out of line in a group, Uh and to bring hope. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Chupacabra 2024. That's that's the. <laughs> well, guess what? I have to make a shirt of now. Catch the chupacabra. The chupacabra gets your your political position. <laughs> there you go. Let's make it a game for the rich. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> like, solves some problems. Solve. We'll be solving problems. We'll get a show out of it. Every single position in government. We can sell merch. Mm-hmm. There is. This is the American dream. Yep. Speaking of the American dream, let's talk movies. Um, okay. So, for the third week in a row, Modern Takes with Ryan is going in a new direction. What? So, here's here's the thought. Okay. And my listeners, let me know if um, you like this thought. Um, here's the plan. I'm going to read a synopsis to a movie. And then, after you listen to this episode, go watch that movie. And then, come back to this YouTube channel a couple days after this episode airs. And we're going to sit down and talk about this movie. Um, This week's movie is Chupacabra Terror, made in 2005. I believe it had a 2.5 stars on um, IMDb. Um, Cool. Here is it is... on the slideshow? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the... Um, I just took, got a bunch of Chupacabra photos. Um, those top two are from a Spanish movie called like El Chupacabra. And it's about an alien Chupacabra. And you had pointed out that this guy looks awfully like the mayor. Um, <laughs> so I haven't seen it, but I'm going to. It'll probably be included. But this one, um, so here's the synopsis. Having devoted his life to capturing the mythical bloodsucker, the chupacabra of South America, the intrepid cryptozoologist Dr. Pina finally manages to make his dream come true. To make a name for himself, back in the United States, the scientist smuggles the elusive beast aboard a a luxurious ocean liner. The Regent Queen. Mm Mm-hmm. Only to trigger a blood-soaked killing spree as the doctor's bulletproof prize catch devours passengers, pets, and the mighty U.S. Navy SEALs who stand in its way. Now, Captain Randolph and a handful of defenders need a bold plan to outsmart the legendary monster and save the remaining survivors 
before they become its next meal. Can they stop the bloodshed? Is there a way to end the chupacabra terror? We'll find out uh, after we all watch this movie. Um, I think it sounds amazing, and I'm personally very excited. Um, if you'd like to watch it with me, Kimmy, um, we could do, we could do a Discord uh, movie night. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll figure out like a, I don't know a Discord movie night or something. Yeah. Wow, that sounds. I'm wow. very excited to watch. It. <laughs> Incredibly excited. I I feel so. There's so much to unpack. Yeah. And so little. To... Oh yeah. Then gonna... even how? Why are there Navy Seals on the ship? Why not? Well, the Chupacabra's on board. What? Well, the... <laughs> they were they were they were trying to do. Doctor Pena is trying to do his due diligence, I assume. So he brought the seals with him. But are the seals enough for the Chupacabra? Doctor Pena sounds like he's problematic. Yeah. That's what the P stands for. Problematic. Problematic. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Well. Before we get to the alignment chart, I think oh. we have some announcements. Yeah. Wow, I'm just recovering. I'm still recovering from the kid thing, and now I have a movie about vampire monkeys mm-hmm. on a ship. So it's just, I didn't see it going that direction. But hey, alluring announcements time. So, do you want to do the sound thingy? Oh. Uh, cute campfire. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Hey everyone. We're going to be putting out the campfire. Oh, it works. We just put it out. We put out the campfire mm-hmm. because we are going to be going on a slight hiatus during the month of February. But do not worry, we will be back in March. Ryan and I, me and Ryan, because Ryan is in the video below me. Both currently work full-time jobs, and running a podcast takes a lot of work, (laughs) from researching, to scheduling, to editing, and more. So we're going to take a break during the month of February to get all of our cryptids in a row, so the show can run a bit more smoothly. And uh, just because we're taking a break, um, we're not actually taking a break. We're going to be around the campgrounds. Um, so if you haven't done so already, make sure you follow us on Instagram or join us on Discord. If you're not watching this on YouTube, uh, follow us on YouTube. Um, we'll keep you all up to date on what we're working on and hosting some giveaways. And there'll probably be a video or two posted on this YouTube, like the Chupacabra Terror video. And that is right. We, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff still. Like, we're taking a break, but we're not. <laughs> Ryan's a Taurus. I have a yeah, Taurus as one of my main placements. With my speech there. Um, no, I forgot no. to mention we'll also be hosting some giveaways during the month. Oh, that, I was like, where's the transition? <laughs> I swear I wrote it in. <laughs> That's where it is. Well, speaking of giveaways, um, we will have one. We'll have at least one on our Instagram and one on our Discord. So if you follow us on both, you will. There will be two chances to win, which is pretty neat, if you ask me. Um, I've been working on some special themed giveaway prizes. I'm super excited about. So stay tuned 
Um, there may be a little alien kit with a little card and sticker and some other things. So just a little hint, 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 hint. <laughs> and if you're really missing our beautiful voices and us telling you about the legends of lore, you know, maybe check out our Patreon. You can watch us play lore-inspired games. We just played Bigfoot <laughs> um, the other day with one of my buddies who was supposed to help us because he's good at games. It is a mess. Um, I highly recommend watching it. Um, and we have some drinks while we're doing it. Um, plus, you'll get access to tons of downloadable content and more. And to top it all off, you'll be helping support an independently owned podcast. We're not in one of those big podcasting groups. We don't need it, which is pretty neat. So simply go to patreon.com slash alluring today and check it out. All right. You guys won't be hearing those for a minute. So let's let's get on with our alluring alignment chart. Where has this chaotic bastard been placed? So... I put mine in the middle when oh, I yeah. thought that it was eating a human child. Because, um, like, I was like, you know, it's an animal, but, like, it's not. So, like, I would have put it good because it's just like, you know, it's an animal. It needs to eat. But then it started eating a human child. So I was like, eh, it's probably a little more evil. But now I know that it was a goat. I would probably put it a little, well, maybe. I'd probably put it a little more towards, like, the good side, but I don't think it's really lawful or chaotic. It's just, it's just hungry, you know? Okay. Is it sentient is the question. Okay, yeah, because I was going to. my stories, I don't think it is. It just sounds like an animal. Because I was going to totally use the argument. I was like, well, if that's the case, are cannibals good or are they evil? Because they're just hungry. Right. Yeah, but yeah th I guess that comes down to the whole like, oh yeah, are they are they like functional? Do they have functioning brains to like tell them like this is a human? You know? Okay, to be like, mm, and I'm thinking do that, this thing's chief. more of like a coyote who's just like you know they gotta eat. Okay, yeah. There's there's more of a the thought process is what you're saying. Yeah, That's part of it. Yeah. Okay. But you still put it, okay, with all the murdering, <laughs> Yeah, I put it more towards chaotic. Which is fair, which is fair. Which is, okay, because I was like, it's a lot of murdering. Like, I but get, it's just hungry. But I, the, I feel like it's extra. I feel like if it was just like a goat or a pig here and there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. But like, what was that one? Like 150? I was like, mm -mm. <laughs> that's a little bit more towards the crazy side of things. So answer me this, Kimmy. Oh, God. If this was six foot redhead vampire lady, um, would you have still, and it did the exact same thing. All it did was eat, eat goats, maybe a single kid. Would you have still put it well, now we're going back to the cannibal thing, and then we just got off that boat. So, but no, no, no. answer the question, Kimmy. Where, <laughs> no, no, those are those are two completely different people. Okay, well, we'll get rid of the kid thing. If it if there was a six foot red headed vampire woman flying around eating livestock, where are we putting it? Well, okay. First of all, 
she's gotta have some reason she's a vampire, and it's probably tragic, because we've all seen Twilight, even... Even the most basic human can sympathize with Rosa. (laughs) We're using Twilight vampires because we all dealt with it, whether we wanted to or not, at 13 or 14 or whatever. When that happened, you were on that boat whether you liked it or not. We all even sympathized with Rosa, okay? So it's not, what is it? I can't remember her name. I think that's her name. It's the blonde one that (laughs) with Emmett. Mm-hmm. The hot jock. She's like, crazy eye, like, I want to fucking kill Bella. And then Bella has her baby. And then she's like, that's my baby. Because she has some stuff she's going mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. But you still sympathize with her. Mm-hmm. She still did some people dirty. Still, but the thing is, mm-hmm. she has a tragic backstory. Uh-huh. That's the difference. The, so chupacabra, the chupacabra had a tragic backstory. We don't know that. We we have no insight to that for vampires we know they were once human and they were transformed right, right? done well you heard we it don't here, know here you chupacabra. heard it first here folks um lawful good chupacabra if it was a six foot tall red-headed vampire woman yes uh... <laughs> i'm not going to go against it yeah a hundred percent because twilight taught me that so all right well we are out of time today Thank uh, you. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening. This has been alluring. You have an alluring day. Wait, wait. Watch out for... Ryan. Ryan. Yeah? We forgot our takeaways. What are two oh. things we have to leave our campers with before oh, we um, head out? If Gee. you're running for political office, <laughs> do a chupacabra hunt and you're guaranteed to win your race also keep kids in cages <laughs> all right and those are our takeaways <laughs> thanks so much for listening everyone this has been alluring have an alluring day watch out for chupacabras and we'll catch you in the next episode bye and that's all for this episode of alluring thank you for taking a seat around the campfire and listening if you want more alluring go check out our website alluring.com That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G dot com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you have any questions, folklore, cryptid sightings, or urban legend you would like us to discuss, email us at alluring at gmail dot com. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help support us and spread the word. Special thanks to Lane Hammonds for our music. If you'd like to show your support and have access to bonus content not posted anywhere else, visit our Patreon page today at patreon.com slash and help us keep the firewood burning. Bye-bye now.